It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Baseball is back, and the Reds are poised for one of the best seasons in franchise history. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and here we go. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, I have a very special treat. Brand new guest to the show, Ken Brew, joins me. This is actually going to be part one of two. Got a two-part interview on tap today. We're focusing quite a bit on what his memories were covering the Reds. We talk a lot about the 1990 Reds and who his favorite all-time red was to interview. We're going to jump into all of that here in just a second. But before we do, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, the Himalaya podcasting app, whatever podcast app you can find on even the iHeartRadio app, make sure that you are subscribed. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at LockedOnReds on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All right. Let's do it. Let's jump into the interview now with Ken Brew. All righty. For today's Locked on Reds, I have with me a very special guest. When it comes to the awesomeness that has been Cincinnati sports and the coverage thereof, you really can't think of anybody without thinking of Ken Brew. And I am so very honored to be talking to you today, sir. I My first question that I have for you is when it comes to everything that you have accomplished and as somebody who would like to gain some success in this area, how do I make my voice sound as epic as yours? <laughs> 
Well, you could do something physical like grab an area of your body and start talking, but I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend that. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, we're all we're all blessed with different gifts in life, and I've, you've got yours. Maybe that's mine. That and good hair. I guess that's what I got. Always. And, and I'm. it is such a treat to have you. First of all, how are you doing today? Good, yeah. Today's, you know, today's a good day. They're all good days. I mean, who am I kidding? Any day that you wake up and your feet hit the floor is a good day. So, yeah. Yeah, everything's going well, man. It's good. I miss sports, but other than that, I'm doing okay. I'm with you. I, I'm glad that we at least have some hope for a season coming up here soon. With yeah. They haven't released the schedule and everything like that. But um, I've had an awesome time looking back at some of the seasons that I've gotten to watch, you know, myself and then also reading about some other seasons when you think back to your time covering the reds what was your favorite oh what's the first thing that you think of 1990 i mean that was just it was an unbelievable year i i i've never seen anything like it i mean you've got a first year manager delayed start to the season you have to open on the road which was different than anything any other year here in cincinnati and that team was just a fun team to cover. Eric Davis was just, I, I mean, a magnificent ball player. And he had Davis, and he had the Nasty Boys, and uh, Barry Larkin. It was just, it was, it was just a fun team. There were other good teams. Don't get me wrong. The the ninety the ninety five team was a lot of fun to cover. Uh, there were some teams in the early two thousands that were fun to cover too. When you had Dunn and he had Casey, and he had Junior. But that 1990 team was, as far as I'm concerned, that was the most fun Reds team I ever covered. What was it like interviewing Lou Pinella? <laughs> well, you never knew how he was going to react to anything. That was the big thing. He could, you know, you could catch him on a good day, and he'll talk your ear off. You could t- catch him on a bad day and ask the wrong question, and he'd bite your head off. He was... Um, he was a different sort. I liked the guy a lot. I liked covering him. Uh, he was the right touch for that team. There was just so many things that happened to it the year before that, uh, you know, Pete Rose and and Pete, you know, Pete's teams were consistently finishing in second place. And all of a sudden, here's this team that just seems to mature all at the same time. And Pinello was the right touch. He was a he, he breathed fire. But he could also be really funny and really engaging. And uh, Pinello was fun. He really was. But he was fun because the team won. I don't know what he would be like if the team didn't win. Well, we kind of found found out about it the next year or two. But that year, right touch, everything worked well. And he was just a gas to be around. He really was. Who was was he the best interviewer? Or was, who was the best interview on that team? Oh, on that team? Yeah. Uh, gosh. Um, well, Larkin was always a good interview. Barry was always there, win or lose. He was a stand-up guy, always a stand-up guy. Sabo was fun because Sabo was relatively young, and the fans loved him, and everything just seemed like it was he'd co- it would come off as hey, no big deal, you know. Well, we did that. Well, it, you know, he had a great game tonight. Well, that's all I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to get that in, and so he was. He was fun. Davis was good uh, because, you know, he was just – he had been in the league for a while and was the uh, the consummate pro. Pinello was a good interview. Uh, he would say things 
and then he'd say something funny inadvertently, and then he'd laugh at his own joke. So that was that was fun too. And then you had the whole nasty boys. I mean, you couldn't have three more different personalities than Charlton Dibble and and uh, Randy Myers. But uh, yeah, I would say Lou Lou was a really really good interview on that team. There was no question about it. And I know we we keep asking about interviews, but let's expand it. Uh, All time favorite interview for the Reds, Pete Rose. Pete Rose knew more about hitting and knew more about baseball than I have ever seen one man have. It was amazing. He could tell you exactly why things happened, could tell you exactly what a hitter should have done in that situation, could have told you exactly what he would have done in that situation. Uh, There's no question. There are probably five people in this town in my time here that I really and truly look forward to talking to. And Pete was the best. He would have... If he didn't have an answer for something, I think he'd make one up. He was just terrific. <laughs> he really was. But, no, he there's there's nobody in second place after Pete. What's the one question that you never got a chance to ask him that you, that you would today? Why did you do it? <laughs> I mean, really, that, that's what right. I would ask him. Yeah. Why did, you, why did you do it? Why did you feel you had to do that? Because for the longest time, he, he denied ever doing it. <laughs> and then... When he did, he only did it for money. But I would love to have known, at what point did you tell yourself, I'm going to get away with this? Now, why did you do it? You didn't have to do it. And you think about the amount of revenue he would have made after he was done managing. Uh, he's out in, in Vegas hustling autographs. And that's great. You know, listen, hey, I'm for anybody making money. But if he didn't do it, how much money would he have made? Where would he have been? Where would he? How would he have been revered in baseball? This, you know, everybody thinks Cincinnati loved Pete. The world loved Pete. Hmm. You know, in New York City, they revered him. And then he went and did what he did. And I, I, I would love to know in a candid moment. Now, why'd you do it? What was, what was the motivating factor for you? Was it the action? Was it the thrill? Was it the money? What was it? So I think that would probably be the one question I would want to ask him. I would love – I mean, I I always wonder if he would answer that openly and honestly, and I would love to hear no. that answer. I don't think he would. Yeah. I think he's just not set up that way. He really isn't set up that way. But I think it would have been fun to have gotten to him, not now when he's had a chance to rehearse the answer or – uh, you know, just you know, rationalize it in his own mind. But back then, right after it came out, why just do it? You didn't have to do it. Right. I would have loved to have done that. I'm sure someone else asked him that question, but to get him in a candid moment when there's nobody else around, I think that would have been pretty cool. So there I was in the middle of a very important Star Wars movie marathon when I realized I was hungry. It was lunchtime. And I didn't really want to get up and go anywhere, but I also didn't want to get up and go cook anything. So I just pulled out my phone, and I ordered something on Postmates. I got my favorite Italian sub sandwich from Jersey Mike's, and they brought it right to me. Look, if you're like me, you're probably starting to think about what to eat for dinner while you're still eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered to me without leaving the house or even opening the door. 
Given what's going on in the world, they created no contact deliveries. So now when I order from a local restaurant, everything gets left right outside my door and I just go grab it after they've already left. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I have been using in, you know, to order some takeout from my favorite spots and my favorite local restaurants. Listen, you guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. Of course, Jersey Mike's is also a great way to support the community as well. And look, Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. Just download the Postmates app on iOS or Android, find your favorite restaurants or your favorite stores, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days to start your free deliveries. Download the app and use the promo code Locked On. That's the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $100 of free delivery in your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates. Um, what what kind of thought process do you go through when you're going to talk to a player or a manager or, or anybody really and you have a question that you know you've got to ask this one question but you know they're not going to like it? What's your thought process? Well, I've gotten to a point in life when it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm sure there was a point in my life when it mattered when I thought about what the ramifications would be. But now I don't, it, it's look – I would ask a question. It's like, I i mean, I'm just spitballing here. But, for example, Marvin Lewis, head coach of the Bengals. About uh, three, four years ago, there was great debate about whether Marvin was going to walk away from the game, whether he was going to get fired. The team was lousy. And, you know, I just asked him one day, I said, Marvin, do you still have a stomach for this? Because there are a lot of people that seem to think you don't. But the key is, I think, if you ask an honest question without agenda, without you know trying to be cute about it, without trying to dog somebody, you know, I, I think nine times out of ten, you'll get an honest answer back. And if the one time somebody comes back and asks you, why would you ask something like that? The answer is always the same, because this is what a lot of people are thinking about. They're not thinking about you know, how many games are you going to win, whether or not, you know, your player can do this, whether or not you're going to win the, uh, the pennant this year. It's, you know, I, I think that's what people are asking. And if, if you choose not to answer it, that's fine. But if I think if you're just respectful and you ask it the right way, I think, you know, somebody would be, they'd have to be pretty cold not to answer it. So that's what I do. Yeah. No, and that's always something because, like, you know, you you see the different – reactions i mean every so often sports center will run a top 10 like interview meltdowns list and you know you had alan iverson and jim mora and all those different guys and it just makes me wonder what was what was the guy thinking whenever they asked that question and then they got that answer and it's just it's crazy yeah but i mean sometimes we all have bad days and sometimes you know somebody has asked something at the wrong time and, you know, the wires fray and they just go, you know, cuckoo. And that's difficult, you know, in a in a world where 
a lot of the people that are being asked these questions aren't used to behaving in a certain way in public. I mean, you know, most of these guys are just like you and me. And if you catch you or me on the wrong day, you know, chances are we may not react all that well. But, sure. you know, I mean, those I really think are the isolated instance. You know, Jim Mora with the whole playoffs thing. Did that define him? No, but that's what lives on in perpetuity. So, I mean, I just think that, I, you know, I, I think a lot of what we do in the media is um, is done for effect as opposed for information, particularly now. I think a lot of the people that are in the media now, particularly younger people, they want to get a reaction because if they get a reaction, then they can put it on Twitter, and then they get a lot of people looking at it, and then they may get a following or whatever. I mean, it's in a large sense, I think media has degenerated over the course of the last 10 to 15 years because it's become an all-about-me as opposed to all about the story, if that makes sense. Absolutely. No, and, and that's one thing I was reading uh, Shannon Russell's interview with you in The Athletic the other day, and, and you had brought that up about news people not inserting themselves into the story and actually reporting the news. And that's right. something that I always find interesting. I mean, even in sports that's happened. I mean, you look at different personalities. I'm not going to single any specific one out, but – uh, what does that mean to you to keep yourself out of the story? Well, you know, a lot of this could be defined as grumpy old man or old school versus new school. <laughs> but the, the, at the end of the day, what benefits the viewer? What benefits the listener? What benefits the reader? And at, I think it's it's information. It's tell me something, show me something that I don't know and bring me someplace where I've never been before. Hmm. And if you throw yourself into the story, what you've done is create a roadblock. You've in essence made you part of the story as opposed to what's the story. Now, a lot of it is that um, journalism has changed dramatically over the last 25 years. It used to be, if you had a story, um, you reported that story only if you had sources, not anonymous sources, but on-the-record sources. Mm-hmm. Joe said this about this situation. Now it's an unidentified source or someone close to the team or some such thing. And I think a lot of that is, is a direct result of clickbait. A lot of these websites want clickbait. They want you to click on that story so... Then they can go show an advertiser, hey, we got these many clicks, you should pay this much money to advertise on our website. Right. And quite frankly, and this isn't a combination, it's, it's just an observation. I think a lot of the people that are in media right now, particularly print, came up through the blog world as opposed to the newspaper world. And in the blog world, you can write anything you please, and you can attribute anything you want to whomever. The name of the game is to get clicks. And that's a dangerous road, I think, from the way I came up. I would never go with a story where I had an anonymous source. I wouldn't care how, how good the story was. If you can't get somebody on the record talking about it, then you could have anything. You could be my anonymous source about the Reds or the Bengals or anything. And all the two of us are doing are just talking on the phone. So I think that's, I think that's, that's the big thing now, I think. There's a lot of hooray for me. Look at this story I got. When to the person sitting at home that's 
your alleged audience, how does that how does that benefit them? It doesn't. It's nonsense. That's just how I feel. But again, that could be oh, yeah. a grumpy old man in a new world, you know, <laughs> no. shaking my fist at the clouds. No, no, no. I I fully agree with you, especially different stories that have happened over the last couple of years, whether it be just even just looking at baseball, looking at the hot stove, like, oh, the Reds, sources close to the Reds or sources who know people in the Reds or some guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy says that they're going to go trade for Aaron Judge. And you're like, yeah, okay, buddy. we right. that's, that's not happening. But and The problem is, is you can have somebody report that, and because we live in a 24-hour news cycle, two days later, nobody remembers that. They don't. Okay. They don't remember anything. And I suppose, in a way, that's just a sign of the times. But on the other hand, it's, it's, it's all about trying to get, on websites especially, is clicks. That's all it is. In television, which has been castigated by print media for forever, um, I, I don't think it's all about getting gaining viewers. The viewers are already there, and they'll be there tomorrow. They just have, you know, affinity for it. But, you know, I, I just think it's a different breed that's out there covering these things. And if that's what people will tolerate, then that's what they're going to tolerate, and that's what will be the norm. I, It's different than what it was even 20 years ago. Is it better? I don't know, but it's the way it is right now. That'll do it for part one of my chat with Kim Brew. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We'll be talking a little bit more about this shortened season and what the Reds will look like then, what you can expect, and what will be the biggest storyline for the Reds in 2020. You're not going to want to miss that. Like I mentioned earlier, subscribe, follow me on social media, all that good stuff. But that'll do it for the Locked On Reds podcast today. Now, tell your smart device to play Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.